Well, good morning. It's great to be with you in church today. As Pastor Kirk said, my name is Caleb Graham, and um, I want to say welcome. If, if you're visiting, if you're from out of town, welcome once again. It's an honor to have you at River Valley Church today. I want to say welcome to anyone watching online. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of the River Valley family today. And uh, it's going to be an awesome uh, time together as we celebrate and talk about uh, joy. That is our topic for today. And so just a few moments, we're going to dive in. And uh, if you brought a Bible, you could turn to the book of First John. Uh, that's where we're going to start and end our time together, the book of First John. But I want to say welcome to you and introduce myself. Uh, my name is Caleb, and I'm married to my wife, Autumn, and uh, we met in church. We met as kids, we met when we were 13 years old in youth group at church and uh, got married at 20. And now we have two beautiful little girls, Anora and Emmy. And uh, Anora, she's, she's, she's almost two years old. We have two under two. And uh, the two-year-old is wild. And so if, uh, if this is your church home, maybe you've seen uh, Anora running through the halls. But we, we love River Valley Church. We love this house. And we love what God is doing here. And uh, I want to take a moment and thank Pastor Rob and Pastor Becca, our lead pastors, for believing in raising up the next generation of leaders and communicators. Come on, can we honor them and appreciate them? They're amazing pastors, amazing people, amazing leaders. And I want to say uh, thank you uh, to our campus pastor, Pastor Kirk Graham. And, and if, if maybe you're new here or we haven't met yet, maybe you're thinking, man, this guy looks a little bit like the guy who was just up. Like maybe they sound a little, wait a second. Are they related? Yes, we are related. Uh, pastor Kirk, our campus pastor, is my older brother. And I just want to take a moment and say I love you. And it's an honor to be on your team and to serve you and to serve uh, Pastor Rob and Becca. Come on, do you love our campus pastors? Pastor Kirk and Kaylee and Adley on the front row. Love you. We're going to jump in. First John uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And the title for the message today is simply, Joy Isn't Seasonal. Joy Isn't Seasonal. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, you'll know that we've been talking about joy for the last several weeks. Believing that Jesus is the ultimate joy bringer. And um, we, we believe that. And if maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, okay, you've been talking about joy the last couple weeks and we're still stuck on joy. If, if that's what you're thinking, that's exactly why we're still talking about it. Because Jesus is the one who brings a supernatural, divine joy. And we're going to talk about how we can always be seeking and asking God for more of that joy. And so we're going to start 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It says this. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one, who is life itself, was revealed to us. And we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. We're writing these things so that you may fully share 
our joy. I want to take a moment and pray one more time together. Lord, we love you. And right now, God, we fix our eyes on you and believing that you are the ultimate joy bringer. And God, I pray that you'd speak to us today, that you'd speak to every single heart, Lord, that this message would impact us to have an open heart to greater levels of joy than maybe we've ever had before. Joy that only you can bring. Pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have you ever noticed how fleeting joy can be? Like we're just coming out of the Christmas season, the holiday season. Have you ever noticed how fleeting joy can feel? Maybe this Christmas season you were, you were spending time with family and, and, and maybe you were, you were having a good time and, and maybe there was a moment in the family gathering where you're interacting and all of a sudden now there's a, mo- a moment of conflict, a moment of tension. And it's like, wow, we, I, I thought Christmas was all about holiday cheer and it doesn't seem very cheerful in this moment. I want to tell you about a moment that I experienced this Christmas season. On Christmas Eve, as Pastor Kirk was saying, we had, we had many services where, where hundreds of people were coming and experiencing the presence of God. And 191 people said yes to Jesus. And we celebrated. And it was amazing. And it was, it was powerful. And, and for me and my family, we left uh, those services. We left that moment. And we went to the airport where we were going to be traveling and spending a few days together. And, and so, so for me, my family, we're on this emotional and spiritual high where we just saw God do some amazing things, welcoming new, new people into the family of God and into River Valley Church. And, and we go to the airport, and I, I don't know if you've ever tried to take two children under two through TSA, the airport. I, I've never had this experience before where I'm pushing a double stroller through TSA. And all of a sudden they say, your kids got to get out. They got to get out of the stroller. I'm thinking, oh, no. This is not good. Like as soon as, as, soon as they said. So we take, we take our two girls out of the stroller and, and we walk them through. And, and the gentleman from TSA, and, and I, this is not a shot at anybody. I know that they are doing their job and they are keeping us safe. But for me in that moment, it was stressful. He starts disassembling our double stroller. The stroller that took us probably three hours to put together in the first place. He starts taking it apart, and I'm standing on the other side of the gate, just helpless, just shaking my head like, this is not good, not good. They start taking it apart, and they start putting it through the, the conveyor belt, through the scanner, and we get to the other side. And I'm, I'm standing there with, with my wife and, and two daughters, and I'm trying to put this stroller back together, and I can't figure it out. Like, I can't figure it out. I'm like, what? What did they do to our double stroller? And I can't put it back together. And we are running short on time and we got to get to our gate. And isn't it crazy how just a few hours prior we're in church, we're celebrating. This is the, the Christmas season. This is, we're, we're full of holiday cheer and we're celebrating all that God's doing. And in a moment, I cannot tell you the fire that was boiling up <laughs> in my bones about the fact that I cannot put this double stroller back together. As a a matter of fact, I found the TSA agent who disassembled it. I tracked him down. He was at a different gate. I said, you got to come back and put this thing together because I can't can't figure it out. So he did. He figured it out. Praise God. He knew exactly what to do. And uh, yeah, he had it put together in about 30 seconds. It's amazing though. Christmas season. We celebrate. We praise God for for who he is and for what Jesus is, the ultimate joy bringer. It's a joyful season. But so often we go from this moment that falls at the end of our calendar year, and if we're not careful, we can quickly shift out of joy. 
It's like, and maybe we don't even do it intentionally. Maybe it just kind of sneaks up on us. Maybe we don't even realize that we're having moments where it's, it's full of holiday cheer and the Christmas season. And all of a sudden it seems like it's, it's gone. It's fleeting. Where is the joy? Where is the holiday cheer? We know that. Man, this is a time where maybe we're being focused on ourselves. We're heading in the new year, and we have new goals, and this is what I'm going to do. And we go from this, this season of, of generosity, of giving, of thinking of other people before ourselves, and, and all of a sudden we become self-focused. These are my goals. These are my ambitions. This is what I'm going to achieve in 2020. And the challenge for us today is to not shift out of that joyful season and that joyful spirit. I believe that God can speak to us in a moment and something can change on the inside of us. That you and I, we can live all year long with that joy that comes from the Lord. And so, man, I, I just believe that God has called us to live that way. He's called us to live differently. He's called us to live in a way that doesn't make sense to the world around us. We are called to live with joy all year long. The good news for us today is that our joy isn't seasonal. Our joy doesn't vanish like a vapor in the wind. Our joy is lifelong. Our joy is eternal. Our joy is not seasonal. You see, Christmas is the thing that brings the joy. And we celebrate the nativity and the Christmas season and the holidays about Jesus coming to us. That God incarnate, God came to us, God with us. And so we celebrate that moment, and sometimes it's difficult to capture that moment, that's that, that, that spirit, that atmosphere, that culture, and carry it through. And you and I need to make a shift internally, not just thinking about the Christmas moment, the Christmas birth, because Christmas is the thing that brings the joy. But you and I need to know today that the cross is the thing that seals our joy. Right, that, that Christmas brings the joy, but our, the cross seals the joy. So we don't have to let our joy just vanish like a vapor in the wind. Our joy has been sealed, and we can live this way all year long. Christmas was never meant to be the one time a year when we live with joy and purpose and generosity and kindness and love. This way of living is exactly the way Jesus has called us to live. It's exactly the way that Jesus himself lived when he walked the earth. This is how we are called to live all the time. And so let's not chalk that joy, that cheerful spirit, that, that cheerful attitude just to, oh, this is just the holidays. This is just how people are. This is just how, how it is in the month of December. No, no, let's, let's realize that there is something spiritual and divine and holy about that way of living that way of being generous, that way of being kind. Like, like, maybe you experienced this, but the amount of people, when you're going through uh, uh, getting your coffee in the drive-thru, and the amount of people that paid for my coffee this holiday season, insane. What, like, where are you the 11 other months of the year? <laughs> like, it's amazing. How in one month, one particular short season of the year, everybody's doing it. Everybody's in on joy. Everybody's in on generosity. Everybody's in on kindness. And, and maybe you're like, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't want to be, but I just didn't want to be the Scrooge. That's part of it. Like, that's part of the atmosphere. You just get pulled into it and sucked into it. And the point that I'm trying to get across is that that isn't just coincidence. That isn't just happenstance. That isn't just a result of like, oh, this is the cheerful season. No, no, that's exactly the way that God designed it 
to be. And that's exactly how you and I are called to live each and every day of our lives. And I, I believe if you're feeling like, man, I haven't experienced that joy, there's going to be a moment at the end of service where we can respond to Jesus and something dynamic can happen on the inside of us because we believe that one moment in the presence of God, it changes everything. And so we're called to live this way. And I, I just want you to think about, man, what, what would look different in your life if the joy that was experienced this Christmas season became the foundation for all of 2020? Like I, I, as I was praying over, over today and over the message and I was just thinking about, man, what if we got to December 2020 and we weren't shocked or surprised by the amount of joy and generosity and kindness because we're already just living that way every single day. Like, like the, the first 11 months, we're already living with joy and passion and kindness and we're thinking of others and we're giving and we're serving and we're being generous with our lives and we get to Christmas season and you realize, okay, everybody else is now on board. I've been doing it the first 11 months. Let's go. This is how Jesus has called us to live. And we know that from scripture that Jesus doesn't call us to do anything without also promising to equip us to do it. I realized, man, maybe, maybe this Christmas season it wasn't full of joy. Maybe it was full of, of heartache, of pain, of loss. And maybe you were processing something very difficult in your life this Christmas season. I want you to know that Jesus sees you. He sees exactly where you're at. He sees exactly what you're going through. And you can still be filled with the divine joy that overflows, that doesn't make sense to the world around you. You and I are called to live with joy. Jesus is the ultimate joy bringer, and our joy is not seasonal. Can you imagine what our community would look like? Can you imagine what your home would look like? Can you imagine what the city would look like? Can you imagine the kingdom impact that we could make on the world if the church began to live with this type of supernatural divine joy all year long? That we didn't just turn it on during the Christmas season. We actually lived with divine joy all year long. The impact that that could make on the people around us. I want to make a couple of observations or share a few thoughts that are going to help us do that. If you're thinking, man, how do, how do we do this? Here's a couple thoughts for you. If you want to take notes, you can jot these down as well. The first thought is this. Don't put joy away. Don't put joy away. This Christmas season, maybe right now, you're processing or maybe you already have. You've already taken down the tree. Anybody already taken down your tree? Okay, there's a few. There's a few it's okay. This is, not, this is not a shot at you. This is, a, what, this is the moment where we begin to take on our Christmas decorations. The lights, the trees, the nativity sets, and, and that's all good. Like, I think it might be weird if you left some of that stuff up all year long. Like, I'm not saying leave the tree up all year. Those of you with real trees, bad idea. <laughs> but what happens when we take down the, the Christmas decorations and things that are themed with Christmas all of a sudden there can become a shift. This is the temptation that we, that we face. There can be a shift that Christmas is over. Christmas is over and therefore the joy along with Christmas is over. It's over. We're heading into January. Christmas is over. That's the temptation that we can have. As we, as we pack up the decorations, the spirit and the atmosphere that comes with Christmas we, it's almost like we can pack it up in the box with the decorations and put it away in the attic and we'll, we'll wait until next year to bring back the joy of Christmas. 
No, 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 let's not do that. Let's not put our joy away. We don't have to wait until next year to experience the joy of the Lord again. Philippians 4.4 says this. One simple verse, one command from Scripture. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. We're told to rejoice in the Lord always. Like that, that, that word always simply means at all times. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice at all times. We are commanded to rejoice. That seems like an intense command. Like how, how do I have joy at all times? Like we all go through things and we all have moments. And man, how am I supposed to live with joy? Again, if God calls us to do this, he will equip us to do it. So during Christmas time, we live with joy. After Christmas time, we live with joy. In times of, of when the weather is cold and it gets dark outside, we, we celebrate the joy that the Lord off offers. And I want you to know, there's, there's something deeply, uh, even theological about this, this one simple, short command from Scripture. I want to share it with you. The rejoicing that we're talking about we're always called to rejoice in the Lord. The phrase in the Lord right here, it carries ecclesial and Christological importance, which just means this should shape our, theology, our, our theology, what we believe about who God is and how he's called us to live. Like this should shape the very nature of who we are and how we operate. Joy is the experience of deep delight shared between us and Jesus, in other words, our rejoicing in the Lord means rejoicing with and because of Christ. So regardless of what we go through, the command to rejoice in the Lord always is simply saying that there is a divine, supernatural joy that comes when we just think about our relationship with God. The fact that there is an almighty, all-loving, all-powerful God that regardless of what we go through in this life, on this earth, whatever we're facing, whatever struggle, whatever thing that seems to be pulling our joy from us, the moment we think about our relationship to God, which is only through Jesus coming to earth, the moment we think about that, we can be filled with joy. The moment we process, wow, Jesus made a way for me to have a relationship with God, joy, Automatically, regardless of what we face, we have this command to rejoice always. And the rejoicing isn't about circumstance. You know, man, sometimes we get happiness and joy confused. And the root of the word happiness comes from the thought of happenstance. Like our joy is not by happenstance. It's, it's different than just happiness. Our joy is supernatural and it comes the moment we think about our relationship to God and what he has done for us. The fact that he sent Jesus to earth and the fact that the cross that Jesus died on to pay for our sin, it sealed our joy. Joy instantly can well up within us. So don't put joy away. The next thought is this. Don't turn joy off. Don't turn joy off. And that's different than putting joy away. Because this Christmas season, maybe you'll realize as you drive through the neighborhood and, and you drive by houses, maybe you'll see that, that, that your neighbors, or maybe, maybe you do this, you leave your Christmas lights up. You leave them up on the house because, man, it's the, the roof has snow and ice and I'm, I'm not going up there. That's, that's dangerous. Good. Yeah, don't go up. Leave the lights up. But many times people will leave them up and not turn them on because Christmas is over. Like we, and, we're, and we're saving on the electric bill. 
Right? Like we don't need to turn the lights on anymore. See, putting joy away is one thought, but sometimes we as followers of Christ, we can think that I'm, I'm following God. I'm living for the Lord and not realize that we have the lights on our house, but we don't have them turned on. We have turned off joy in our life. This is a decision that we can make. Don't turn joy off. I want to read a scripture, Acts 16, 25 and 26. We're going to read it in just a moment. But the setting here is there's two men who, uh, man, they're doing their best to spread the gospel. They're, they're doing their best to spread the joy of Jesus. And, and they encounter a young girl who is, who is uh, uh, struggling. She's possessed by, by a demon and, and they cast out the demon. And they're doing their best to, to share the love of Jesus. And there's this power, spirit, powerful spiritual moment that happens with this, with this young girl where they help her. And, and the community, they, they don't like what, what happens. So they throw these two men in prison. And as they're thrown in prison, they beat them. They are severely flogged. And they're put in chains. All for, for spreading the joy. And they're put in prison. And let's look at, look at their response in the midst of struggle and hardship. Acts 16, 25 and 26 says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. These guys were put in prison for doing the right thing. They were experiencing hardship for doing the right thing. I want you to know that even sometimes when we feel like we're doing the right thing, it doesn't mean that we're not going to face difficulty, we're not going to face hardship. We can do the right thing and still be put in a tough spot. And guess what? Our response can still be joy. Our, resp our response can still be joy. When the world around us is looking at your life and looking at what you've gone through and, and, and affirming that the, the pity that sometimes we feel and we want and we crave, that, man, I, I've been through it. I've had a difficult year. And, and all of a sudden, you and I, we have a choice to make. How are we going to live? Are we going to live the way that the world projects us to live? Or are we going to live with the joy of the Lord that is supernatural, that doesn't make sense to the world around us? I want you to know that the joy of the Lord, it might not make sense to people, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have the power to set them free. Can you imagine what the other prisoners were thinking? As Paul and Silas are, are singing in prison. They're having just been flogged where their, their backs were, were opened and, and their flesh was exposed. And now they're, they're shackled to the, to the ground. And, and all of a sudden, you're sitting in a cell down the hall. What are, the, are these guys singing right now? How could you be singing at a time like this? And we know what happens. That as they're praising God, there's an earthquake, a divine earthquake. And the other prisoners that might have thought, these guys are crazy. I wish that they would just... Stop. Their shackles too were set free. So I want you to know that even if people think, man, you, man you, you're not processing your grief the right way. Or you're, you're not processing your loss the right way. Or you, sh you should be wallowing. Take time to just wallow. Man, I want you to know that there's a divine supernatural joy in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. And it might not make sense to the world around you, but I want you to know that that, that joy, it still has the power to set them free. They might be projecting their own hurt, their own loss, their own, own grief onto your life, onto your situation. And you might need to be the one that brings the supernatural joy into their life that sets them free. So don't put joy away and don't turn joy off. This is the way that God has called us to live.
The last thought is this. Keep asking for more joy. Keep asking for more joy. So, so don't put joy away. Don't turn joy off. And lastly, keep asking for more joy. You think about the, the idea of continuing to ask for things. Uh, it would probably be weird if you and I, like we, we experience Christmas together and, and December 26th, you're already asking for, for more. Like, wouldn't that be a little bit weird? Like, if your kids, like, you, you gave them the gifts and they open up on Christmas Day and, and on the 26th, they were like, hey, um, for next year, here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> right? Like, what would your response to that be? Like, are you kidding me? Just be grateful for what you have. There's this invitation that you and I have from God that on the 26th, it's okay to ask God for more joy. On the 27th, it's okay to ask God for more joy. On the 28th, it's okay to ask God for more joy. Every single day of 2020, you can ask God for more. You might be the most joyful person in the room today. You can ask God for more joy. He invites us to live that way. We're going to close with the scripture that we opened with. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. I want to read all four verses again. I want you to follow along. We proclaim to you, the Apostle John writing, the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He didn't just bring eternal life, he is eternal life. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus. And we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. The apostle is writing something deeply profound here that you and I, we gotta catch this. We gotta catch this today. He's writing to the church and they're believing in Jesus and they're believing in the finished work of the cross. And yet John says, we're writing this so that you can fully share our joy. Oh, I thought I, thought I got it. Like I thought I got the salvation message and I responded. No, no, no. We're writing so that you can fully share our joy. We want you to know that we saw him with our own eyes. We heard him with our own ears. And there's more for you. We actually spent time with him. We actually walked with him. And you wouldn't believe the things he's capable of. I just believe in this Christmas season, there might be people here and you've gone through the motions of the Christmas season and you didn't actually pause to process and internalize what that moment was all about. Right now we have the opportunity. It's not too late. Just because Christmas has passed doesn't mean that we can't pause and reflect on what God did for us. That he sent his one and only son to bridge the gap that our sin, our humanity, our brokenness caused us to be separated from God. And what we could not do for ourselves is pay the punishment that our sin was due. Our sin, it required a death punishment. And Jesus came to earth, put on skin, lived a perfect sinless life, and willingly went to the cross on our behalf. And yet in this moment, he's saying there's more. There's more. There's more. 
There's more. There's more. That you don't have to live the way that you've been living. That you can be filled with joy in a way that doesn't make sense to you. Maybe doesn't make sense to the people around you. Maybe doesn't make sense to your family. Maybe doesn't make sense to the person you're sitting next to. Right now in this moment, God can fill you with the joy of the Lord. And 2020 can be the year that every single day, every single month, we're living different. We're living with the joy of the Lord that only he can bring and that only he can offer. Whenever you're thinking about why you should be joyful, I'm just going to list off a few things. If you're thinking, man, I, man, he still doesn't know what I've been through. If you're ever thinking about why you can be joyful, I'm just going to read a few. Number one, Jesus sets us free. Number two, we are adopted into his family. Number three, we are found. Number four, we are no longer slaves to sin. Number five, we are brought near to the Father. I'll keep going. I'll keep going until you're with me, okay? Next one. We can go before him with assurance. Our salvation is secure. We have an incredible inheritance awaiting us. Though there is sorrow in the night, joy comes in the morning. Suffering is temporary and eternity is a long time. God is for us, so who can be against us? The forces of darkness tremble at him who reigns on high. We have this, come on, are you with me? We have this beautiful earth to call our home. We have been transformed. We have been made new. We have been given the mind of Christ. So many reasons to be joyful. So many promises of scripture that give us assurance. Though we might struggle, though we might face pain, God offers a joy that is supernatural. Doesn't make sense to us. Doesn't make sense to the world around us. And yet he invites us to live this way. So so this, this season, this year, 2020, don't put joy away. Don't turn joy off. Keep asking for more.